You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Well, happy 2024, everyone. We have our monthly market updates podcast here. So while it is 2024, we will be looking at stats from December 2023 since December just ended. So we talk stats, we'll do some year-end review, probably forecast a little bit. So we got stats for Springs, Pueblo, Denver, Northern Colorado, plus a handful of deals to talk about. A new construction fourplex in Pueblo, a sober living deal here in Northern Denver, uh, a trade-up buyer with a VA loan, are some deals we'll dive into as well, because while rates are up and they came down slightly and deals are tougher to find, there are still deals out there. And uh, we're here to give you the stats, give you some real-time deal-making and get you looped into experts. So I got my usual crew here, Jenny Bayless down south. We got- Hey, Chris. Hey, Jenny. Jeff White here in Denver. Newt Weiler up north. And we got Troy Howe to come talk to us about what interest rates will be doing. All right. So Jenny, we're gonna start down south with you. What is going on in Southern Colorado? Whole lot of nothing is kind of how I would sum it up there. <laughs> Yeah, the, it's interesting. The the month over month change in in new listings was down thirty five percent. Sales were up eight um, percent, but it's very marginal. It's like a matter of mm, seven fifteen to seven hundred and seventy seven. So you know, eight percent sounds good if it if it were a larger uh, base number there. Um, and then total active uh, went down pretty considerably as well, about twenty one percent. So. Things are, you know, they're still getting bought, um, but yeah, there's just nothing for sale. Everyone's kind of at that stalemate we keep hearing about. Um, I think it's really playing out um, it just in the sales numbers. And then in terms of prices, uh, median sales price went down 2.5% month over month. Um, it was up 3% year over year. So not a whole lot of change. So year over year, prices were actually up a couple points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Do you know Newt up north? Did you guys, I'm curious about like the year over year price. Do you know what kind of like the, the trends up north were like for the year year over year prices? Yeah, in most of our communities, they're up also. You know, from December of 22 compared to 23, everything's up just a little bit, even Greeley. Okay, so everything's up like what? Couple, like couple percent points? Well, yeah, say like long months up 1%. Uh, Greeley Evans. Oh, I misspoke. Greeley Evans is down 5%. But uh, Loveland Birth is up about 8.9% from the previous December. And then Fort Collins is a big one. It's actually up 23% from the previous December. I don't know what's driving that, but. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. There got to be some outlier in there for that statistic, I would say. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Is that the average or median? That's the median. So I know here in Denver, like basically from like 22 to 23, there was about 0% price change. So sounds like all the markets were for the most part, like zero to one or 2%, which is very different than a lot of the headlines we saw this last year. Yeah. Um, I wish we framed some of those articles and headlines talking about how price would drop 10% or 20% because uh, it did not happen, unfortunately. Like, I mean, for investors, that kind of been good for us to scoop out some deals. 
But yeah, here in Denver, we saw uh, really about no price change year over year. I know they're just like normal seasonal trends, like no no big changes to our part. I was just very curious to see how like the average price went over mm-hmm. the year. And sounds like it's kind of what we expected, which is going to be pretty flat or very below average, but nothing dropped off a cliff. Because you said the biggest up there was down like 5% newt. Yeah, it was the Greeley Evans area. Yeah. Over the course of the MLS, it's actually it's up a little bit overall for for the average of the MLS up here. Okay. Now, Troy, rates have moved some. What is going on with interest rates? We're recording this towards the uh, middle of January right now for reference. So, like, yep. it's been a busy last six weeks or eight weeks. Yep, I'd say six, eight weeks. Um, we've seen overall, right, net improvement. You know, even from three months ago, two and a half months ago, uh, definitely helping, helping the cause. So, because yeah. rates are what high sixes now. I'm um, seeing some low mid sixes. Even uh, touched on uh, with some aggressive transactions, touched into the fives, high fives with some buy downs, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. type of buy down was it for a high five? Uh, one that we'll probably talk about when Steve gets back on the scene. We bought down into like. It was like twenty four grand, yeah, to buy it down into a high five. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, but that's gonna be two or three points then, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a little bit of a a cap on how aggressive you can get. We've dealt with that a little bit, Jeff. Yeah. You know, but uh, when the seller's paying for it, uh, you can get pretty aggressive. So, what are you seeing in terms? So, so rates have dropped here, and you know, one of the good leading indicators is like loan app loan applications, and also yeah. people talking to lenders. So I think, you know, rates started dropping early December. Mm-hmm. Um, so right over the holidays, which is a slow time. Now, what have you seen from like inbound interest, loan apps? Have things picked up? Are they still flat? Yeah. Can I you give us some context on that? Yeah, I don't have uh, any specific stats, but just from an overall feel from my perspective and within my office, I think everybody's feeling more activity. So I think that bodes well for the spring and uh, at least latter part of Q1, uh, Q2. Okay. For 24. Mm-hmm. What about panel out there? What's what's the type of interest and activity you're seeing? Because there's stats, there's boots on the ground. Um, yeah. Are we going to have an early spring selling season? What, what are you guys feeling from your clients and your, you know people you talk with? Yeah, no, they definitely got more excited. The people that were kind of semi-passively looking in the uh, November, December, they kind of said, well, we, you know, we got family holiday stuff. Let's just wait till... The new year and they look in the new year and then the rates have come down from the yeah. november december time frame so they're much more they have more buying power so it's a yeah, huge sure. news for the people that are like the affordable housing in denver which i define as people that is pretty much 500k and up is the affordable housing <laughs> uh here up here <laughs> wow and uh or for a house hacker affordable yeah. housing for a house hacker yeah. Um, because when you get below that, it gets more into the townhomes and stuff like that. But yeah, no, definitely interest is picked up. More people reaching out, more people looking to uh, buy and get pre-approved um, for sure. It's like almost uh, upgrading the timeline from Q2 2024 to Q1. Oh, so you're seeing people move their timelines yeah, up. because they don't want to wait, get into that frenzy of spring. It's almost like we have an early spring right now in a way. Yeah, uh, I would agree. With from the uh, places that we've looked at, uh, a couple of my clients, they um, we've lost out multiple offers. They've returned, um, and I saw one townhome went eighteen thousand dollars over asking. And it was just a basic townhome in mm-hmm. East Aurora, nothing special about it. But I was like, holy cow! Uh, 
priced a little low, but not extremely low where it's like should get that much over and no seller con- concessions either. Wow. So someone that really wanted it, and I haven't seen that since basically spring of last year. Wow. Yeah. Something like that for like some basic condo. Wow. Um, so that's what I've seen. So I think that's part of the interest rates coming down. Yep. Uh, people are, could be a little more aggressive. What about North Newt? You're talking about activity before we had got on the podcast. What are you feeling up there? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of buyer activity as well. I've got, you know, every few days I've got buyers reaching out saying, uh, hey, what do we need to do? A lot of them are uh, newer to the market, but I think this is a good time. And, and Troy, maybe you could speak to this, but coming off of that higher interest rate in November and December, uh, it seems like to me that uh, the sellers that were on the market in that time frame are probably getting a little seller fatigue and more willing to make a deal. So seems like a really good time for buyers to get out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's... It's a bit of a mixed bag, but I would agree with that. Some of that seller fatigue might be happening, especially with the holidays, the timing, you know, the lack of as many buyers out there. And 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 I think sometimes these sellers get a little aggressive with their sales price. Oh yeah. That's you know, and, and can overprice it slightly and it sits a little long. Um, but yeah, from and I had a transaction where there's three offers that we got beat out on. So uh here a few weeks ago. So I, I definitely feel um like you were talking about, I think we're kind of advancing the timeline a little bit. It's not going to be wait till spring to buy. It's like, mm. let's let's rock a little bit more now. Yeah. That's been on trend the last couple of years. Though. I feel like spring has started, the, you know, the spring selling season has started or spring, you know, hot season started early and earlier every year. Yeah. yeah. I guess with the rates dropping, we're seeing yeah. that again this year. Yeah, because I think yeah. it was, and maybe Troy, you have like some study I'm sure you've heard about or heard from all your lending <laughs> conferences is like, each half point decrease in rate brings back how many more buyers yeah. sit on the sidelines. So it's like they're just waiting. So they they're, they could buy, like, yeah. But they're just waiting for rates to come down. You know, from seven percent to six five, six five to six, and then when it gets even lower below yeah. six, it's like even more buyers come in the market. Yeah, like it definitely. And then obviously, like you alluded to earlier, it creates more buying power. Yeah, because their income hasn't changed a whole lot. So when you run the ratios for that same given payment that they qualify for, now you've got a bigger loan amount you can do with that lower interest rate, which works out. All right, amazingly well. Let's talk some deals, Jenny. We'll start with you because you had, uh, yeah, you got an interesting uh, fourplex in Pueblo. I'll let you tee it up because uh, this is a deal you're doing for yourself. Well, I wanted to do for myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, we actually got um, beat out by a cash buyer um, in Pueblo on a fourplex. So, yeah, I mean, the numbers worked for, you know, I guess them and, and us, but um, they had a little little bit more resources than we did. So, um, yeah, it was uh, listed at $650. They're in place rents. Um, Three at thirteen hundred and one at fourteen fifty. Um, only thing that the owner is responsible for is water. Um, so it, you know, underwriting it with a PM in place, it was pretty close to a seven cap. Um, you know, which I think is pretty decent for for a new build um, down there. But what part of yeah, town was people, it in? Um, I would say the center of the west side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. So a solid location. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's pretty pretty much right next to like a park, um, like a green space and everything. So it's you know kind of suburban-y, I suppose. Um, but 
Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Um, I wasn't, ex- I, I would say that I wasn't expecting that uh, to take place. So, you so know, in, a, in a bidding war down there. Is 7% cap rate kind of like the, the going rate for, for four plexes down on Pueblo? I would say no, that seems to be on the higher side because there's a lot of um, people that are listing their their multifamilies at a higher price than, you know, the rents typically have legacy tenants in there. So so they're not up to market rate. Whereas with a new build, you have new placement of tenants, obviously, since it didn't exist before. So you can kind of command that market rent all at one time for the entire building. So I think that was another benefit that, you know, we were kind of looking at keep things, you know, simple, just keep them in there and, um, you know, enjoy that higher rent rate. And so with like the, the non new construction fourplexes, once they're stabilized and brought up to market rent, are they usually around like a seven cap then? Or is that still on the high side? I still think that's a little bit higher. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a premium on the rent side of things. Not so much the not so much the sales price. I think the sales price was fair in line with other um, comps of fourplexes that have sold. Um, and I think that the rents were a bit of a premium because it was brand new. Um, you know, I, I think that always yields um, an allure to tenants having lived in a never before lived in home. Yeah, I agree there. I'm, I'm surprised that it didn't command, if it sold a seven cap for a new build, that seems like, hey, great, you get great rents and, you know, relatively free maintenance property for a couple of years, you would think it would sell at a more of a price premium too. Yeah. I, yeah, I know, um, you know, kind of my understanding was they're nervous about appraisal because it's such a unique, uh, product. Like there's not a ton of new builds out there. So, um, the best comps I found for comparable solds of, you know, same townhome style fourplex units was in that 640 to six, you know, high 640 range. Um, so I think, I don't know. I think their pricing was very fair on it. Um, and they seem to not really care about price. It was more like how fast can you close and how easily can you close? So, mm, so there's some of the motivation too, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's a great, uh, great deal. Sorry to hear you lost out on it. <laughs> um, but uh, good luck on the next one. Do you have a backup yeah. offer there, Jenny? Um, we didn't, but there's, there's a strategy behind that. So <laughs> has, it, has it closed yet? No, that's oh, that kind okay. of yeah. <laughs> well, if you want the strategy, you gotta come to the Saturday secret event uh, where Jenny will come <laughs> unveil it, right? It's really not that interesting. <laughs> not but... that, okay. Okay. Well, maybe the podcast next month then. Okay. We'll, we'll come check yeah, in. There you go. Um, so what, uh, I know we have, I know, uh, we have more and more Denver investors looking south. Mm-hmm. Um, so are multi-units in Pueblo um, like one of the things that you would point people's direction to is like a good investment right now? I'm presuming that since that's where you're looking to place your capital. Yeah, that's where we're looking. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, to be completely honest, like we're trying to figure out like our whole you know, rental picture. I know, you know, we, we could talk about this all day. Right. But, um, I, I think with just all the costs increasing, which could be a segue to our next point, um, as well, you know, we're really kind of, I think that the appreciation party in Colorado is kind of at a standstill. So I'm kind of shifting more of my focus, I guess, to, from appreciation back to cash flow. Um, you know, 
circa eight years ago when we, when we first started this. So, um, yeah, I think just in terms of the, the buying power for the cash flow piece of it, I think that Pueblo lends itself to the best, you know, larger market area, um, you know, semi-locally that, that I've seen at least. So, I mean, that's where I'm focusing. I'm, I'm considering doing a lazy 1031, um, with one of our Springs properties and reallocating the capital down there just to boost our cash flow a little bit. All right. So you're going to be moving some equity down there then for better cash flow. As of, as of right now, that's the thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's the intent. Sounds Mm -hmm. like a great, I mean, makes sense to me. Now let's go get here. You alluded to some expenses increasing (laughs) and, uh, you have, uh, been the punching bag for some insurance companies lately. Yeah, we we've been getting um, you know letters from from some saying, hey, you know, at your policy renewal date, we will not be renewing you. Um, it, yeah, the 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 reason why I've been told is because we own too many rental properties. I don't I don't know how that goes into their underwriting. I'm not an insurance underwriter, so I don't really understand. All I know is that that kind of leaves us scrambling to to find uh, you know new insurance, which of course. The premiums that everyone's seeing is is going up quite a bit. So yeah, it's been kind of a pain in the neck. We had you know one tranche of uh, properties um, get switched over to a new carrier, and you know they're coming over saying you need to trim this branch on this tree, like for you know just really nitpicky oh, type wow. stuff. So Jeez. yeah, it's been kind of an admin headache for is that. that. Is so. that like in a fire or a wildfire zone? While they're talking about not these particular ones, no, it was like literally like a tip of a branch was like touching the gutter, and so they had you know they inspected it after we we got it cut and you know trimmed and all that stuff. So um, it was a little you know a little nitpicky, but gotta do what you got to do, and everyone was uh, you know um, helpful in <laughs> getting all that done. So yeah, all right. Well, hopefully the big uh, insurance. Increase is over. I've, I don't know, some of the bigger news articles I've been following sounds like that market might be leveling out. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I'm not going with, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Jeff, you have an interesting deal. Yes. Uh, in, uh, Northern Denver, sober living. Yes. Which, yep. uh, you know, I am not an expert at. So give us a high level for the business plan, the yeah. strategy, the numbers. So this is, it's fascinating and it's definitely one way to great yeah. cash flow with real estate. And running a business as well. Yeah, so it's kind of like a extreme form of Rempi Rim. <laughs> say the, like the smile Jeff has on his face for saying the extreme yes. form of Rempi Rim. You guys can't see in the podcast, but he lit up. Yeah. Yeah. So Especially with his experience of extreme renting, to say the least. Yeah, I might be uh, exaggerating. <laughs> but yeah, it's simple buyer that wants to uh, use owner-occupied financing. And he wanted to find a house. His uh, investing criteria was a big house that could implement this sober living home strategy. And to take a step back, sober living home strategy is basically where you operate um, a business providing recovery to people going through uh, having issues with addiction. So think of people going through alcohol, uh, alcoholics and people with drug addictions. And this oftentimes after that, like, Rehab, yeah, the kind of the next step after like a full rehab facility, a lot of times, right? Yeah, after like a treatment facility. Oh, treatment facility. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they already been through that, and now they're just trying to go back into the world, and kind of like it's like a group, usually one sex, so all men or all women, 
that that's how they do it um mm. and the strategy is interesting because you could do um basically the fair housing laws don't apply since uh, the people are exempt because it's psychological going people going through recovery so the only party rule that we talked about um for up in fort collins i know they had that u plus two uh down here in denver is five i think Colorado springs is five jenny correct me if i'm wrong on that um doesn't apply so broomfield where this property is located um he won't have to worry about uh if he puts in you know if he could pretty much put in also here's the best part about it you could do two people per bedroom but you have to furnish it all so two imagine two twin beds and then they're just part of a program so you run a program out of his house lives there and he'll be able to have a house manager he'll be there and he could have his his game plan is to have about 13 to 15 guys in this 3,000 square foot six bed mm. 2.5 bathrooms house uh corner lot and it's uh to give you a simple math on it it's basically he'll probably get between eight to nine hundred bucks per bed uh times all those rooms times two times all those rooms so how much of like increased operating expenses are there for because this is obviously yeah. there's there's a lot more than just renting out the room correct how much like extra opex is so there? i would say at least uh just the fair assumptions 20 percent vacancy because oh yeah they're not tenants they're technically program participants so that also they're not they don't have any tenant rights or squatter rights so if they if they get drug tested they get drug tested usually every week if they get drug tested they're they're done like they don't if they fail their drug yeah, test they're gone yeah they don't yeah. have any tenant rights so that's also a nice part but it is more work and yeah operating the extra expense i would say at least with commercial insurance you have to do on top of your normal insurance um and then dealing with all the operations part of it and the house manager i would say at least another like 20 percent on top of that uh vacancy number i gave you so so what maybe in like the the 40 yeah percent yeah if you net, net after everything okay. but your cash flow potential with a fixed rate mortgage um makes a huge difference yeah so walks through so doing uh owner occupant financing is what yep. three and a half or five percent down this particular buyer we're under contract and we already got a sell a credit 20k so he's doing three and a half fha because he can't exceed the price is like over 600k so he had to go fha okay so use all those credits yep yeah okay so there's that and then uh once you take all the rents vacancy opex out what's kind of like the monthly or yearly cash flow or i would say what the numbers we've performed have been about uh 4k a month at least in cash flow after after opex and mortgage that yeah Oh. So that's why it's the extreme version of rent by room. Wowza. Wow. And that's at that high interest rate. Well, he'll buy it down, but it's yeah. like uh, <clears throat> for the right person, it's a great strategy. But this guy also has experience in that field. So yeah. it's not like it's someone like you and I just, hey, it looks like a good idea. Let's go try it out. Because it is more work. It's not, I'm not, I'm probably not representing it as like a second job almost because, well it's a business yeah you have to deal with I mean, people yeah. going in and out you know well, like you said you're helping you're yeah. running a program yeah. you're helping uh program attendees yeah. or participants exactly so like probably like you know take jenny who's looking at more turnkey new build type products for simple yep. and hey you know <laughs> she's not the profile to go pivot yeah. towards uh a sober living yeah home. i mean but yeah, i guess for the you know re uh the reward for all the efforts you definitely get the higher of reward for it because it's not like turnkey it's not moving yeah you have to furnish the place first all the 
provide all the, the twin beds, the armoires, all that stuff. But for the right investor, it is a great strategy. I love it. And I know uh, after this podcast recording, we are recording another podcast actually from your previous clients who yep. has done, built a, a pretty good portfolio and business around sober living. Mm-hmm. And we'll dive into more details on yes. that. So I'm excited because this is, I, I know people do it, yep. but I don't know all the, the nuances. I'm really like excited to even like the numbers and also just the operating. Because yeah. that's, I mean, that's where the rub is. Like, yeah, hey, absolutely. numbers look great, but what's it take to operate it? Exactly. It's um, definitely, uh, the operation is a whole other animal. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. why I'm happy. I'm not, uh, like, it's a great strategy for the right investor, but not for everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, uh, I, don't know, I feel like that's been a trend the last couple of years. And I imagine more people will do, especially from just it makes sense in numbers. Yeah. And also the reason why the that Broomfield location was because in between Boulder, Denver. So you kind of get all those treatment facilities in Boulder, also Denver. So you're not restricted to like, oh, we're in East mm. Aurora. We're only stuck with East Aurora. Because people want, like, you have to think, where do people want to live? What's the proximity to major metropolitan areas? Oh, too? Broomfield's, yeah, it's such it's a like great in, place. And the price the point's nice, too. Yeah. So that's also, versus like buying in Boulder. Yeah. Um, so. So because they're program participants, that can, I don't know if circumvents the right word or, or, or doesn't doesn't affect or they're not affected by the unrelated occupancy nope. rules. Well, no, that, not that part. It's more uh, fair housing rules. Fair housing. Because okay. fair housing is implied when it's psychological, people going through recovery. Mm. So that's why you could have 14 guys, 13 guys living there, not related. Mm-hmm. And the city, uh, you know, the city municipality, even if it's a five, six, three or whatever the number is, they are not breaking any rules because it does not apply to that particular house. Yeah. Jenny, you got any experience or any investors down, down your way that have uh, implemented sober living? No, but I am very curious. But, you know, I'm just trying to think through our client base. Like you said, it's such a niche um, expertise that you'd have to have going into. It. And I'm like, I, I don't know anyone yeah. whose background might fit that, but it is very fascinating. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that for them. You got anyone up north, Newt, that do you know or do that? Okay. Not for the sober living. The closest thing I can think of is an investor that uh, he got his, he put his contract in with like a local dairy and the dairy finds the tenants. So it's a similar situation where they just, they turn them in and out. But uh, the dairy pays the rent. <laughs> so do they That's like the I dairy know. sign like a master lease? Yeah. And then they have employees come through. But yeah. uh, that, I remember talking to Jeff about this at the book signing. And this this whole strategy is fascinating. Uh, well, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll dig in more to Stay it. Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. uh, and thank you. So the, te- the investor is also owner-occupant, right? Yes. So they, they yeah. have to live there as well? Yeah, because he's using owner-occupied financing for this one. So, okay. yeah. He's yes, if you're going to use owner-occupied financing, <laughs> live at the property, people. Do not, <laughs> do not kiss <laughs> please. Fraud. Thank you. Uh, yes. Uh, it's, so. it's bad juju. And why would you... They will foreclose on you. Yes. Yeah. And, and Even if you're making your payments. <laughs> you're, the government's giving you an amazing gift of like cheap long-term debt. Don't... Yeah. <laughs> Don't be silly about it. At least yeah. do the 12 months. Yeah. Serve your time. Yeah. So Nick, you mentioned something. I'm glad you mentioned you talked about the book signing, talking with Jeff last year. We are in yeah. the final stages of collecting chapters for our 2024 Colorado Real Estate Investing Strategies. So by the time this podcast comes out, there'll probably be a few days to a week left in terms of like submitting a chapter. We'll put a link below or email me. Uh, but 
We like the people that add chapters in there. It's a great way to network, share strategies. And then we do some big events throughout the year, which is usually great networking. And you can see Jeff and uh, Newt got talking some deals up there. So it's a great way to network, great way to get clarity on your goals. And it leads to deals being done. So uh, please submit your chapter. Everyone is welcome, even people who are making no moves in their portfolio or if the, if or if even on the newer side, you have value to bring. So please bring it and write a chapter on there. And then come out and have a beer with us in a few months once we get it published. All right, so uh, Troy, Jeff, I know you guys got another deal in the works here. And if I can find my notes, it is a house hack deal you have with VA loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It's some trade-up going on here. So can you walk us through kind of the, the client profile and then what's going on here? Yeah, so the client, high-level client profile, he's younger investor, uh, found out about hacking after he already bought his owner-occupied condo in uh, the Capitol Hill part of um, South Denver. So great location. But he used, and on top of that, he used his VA loan, which Troy will get into in a minute. Uh, since he's a veteran himself, but he can't um, switch to uh, like, oh, I want to rent it out in house hack because the rents wouldn't cover the mortgage because it's like a nice one bedroom condo. So the game plan for him is to list and sell his condo, release that VA, and then go buy a basically up to a four unit with the VA loan. Um once he sells a condo and buys something else and maybe even Troy will get into it, maybe do it simultaneously. Yep. Works out great. So why, why is he making the move? Cause a lot of times people are hesitant to sell property house season, but like why, why the trip and why the move trade up mostly because his original property does not make a great rental. So it's very nice condo. Not did, did he buy it before he got like yeah. a house hacking? He found out he literally bought it <laughs> like by <clears throat> a month or two before he heard about house hacking, and he was like, "Dang it, I wish I didn't buy this place." You, you uh, didn't help him buy it. No, that was either. it. That so was I, uh, I just want to put that, that out there. Guy. That was I don't know. <laughs> you, you would have explained things to him. Yeah. yeah. So he just wants to read. You know, VA loan. Yeah, the best loan product. Uh, if you're if you can oh, it access it, zero yeah. percent uh, down, and Troy will get into all that detail. But that's where he wanted to. Reuse, reuse it and buy a true house hack, not just a one bedroom condo. So that's why the one bedroom, if it made a sense to rental, maybe he could have rented it, but um, it does not. So he wants to sell that to relinquish that VA loan to use again for a multi uh, multifamily or just a single family house hack. Well, good for your guys' client on realizing, hey, I bought this and I realized this is not like the right, you know, monopoly piece for me to own long term. And hey, you made the best decision at the time as you progressed, as you learned, it wasn't, and you're moving on, you're selling the property. And like, that's like the right investor mindset move to make. And I've talked to a lot of like, you know, newer investors, newer house hackers. Oh, I got this property. I don't want to sell. Why? Well, the numbers don't make any sense. Well, don't hang on to something that just doesn't make any sense anymore. Like we've all had, we've all done things like that in life or done real estate deals like that. Like there's nothing wrong. So, you know what? This is that uh, my plan has changed or this property has changed and I'll fix my plan. Let me move on from there. Hmm. Like it's not a bad thing to do. So hats off to your investor where he didn't know at the beginning, but uh, that's a smart and wise decision to do. Yeah. Like pivot with the market. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Will you be able to get out of there clean? You think as far as 
sell it and be able to yeah well actually he did put money bring... down so oh, it wasn't so he... like okay. there's like no equity so he'll have uh but from know, like a price standpoint he's gonna sell he'll for... probably be walk away i mean he did put i think like three or four percent down um into it so he'll probably walk away but he bought it also like the like q3 of last year so it wasn't like the tippy top of the market so he'll probably it'll probably be maybe a little bit less than his down payment. So he might lose a little bit, but I'm also, uh, you know, getting, want to help him get as much. Yeah, I did like a yeah. photographer, you know, we'll, we'll get it listed and sold. I'm confident and we'll see what the market brings, awesome. but I'm yeah. confident he'll be able to sell it. And then for, he's more interested. He also has a flexibility too. So he's going to go live at home with mom and dad uh, if it takes longer to find a place. Um, so he has the unique situation where he doesn't have to like, well, where am I going to, I have to sell and then buy something at the same time. So I'm not like homeless. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he'll, can he stay with you? No, no. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, uh, I unless you rent a room. Full service. That could be a new business plan. Full service real estate. Hey, you yeah. can learn how to be uh, put <laughs> real estate investor. Yeah. 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 You could uh, stay at my place. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually had people do that a few times. Really? Have you yeah. Really? When they've had the situation, they're like, Oh, well, I've got this place. You got know, room. stay there. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like, nice. Get get the deal done, right? right. I love it. Like increase <laughs> the will. Um, gotta love it. Yeah. Oh, then try the VA loan. So, what's the big pros of it versus conventional risk FHA? I I would say the VA loan is the best loan program out there. The, if as long as you qualify for it, yeah. right? You've got to have your military service in there somehow, some way to meet the criteria to be eligible for it. But if you are, I mean, better rates. You pay the 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 fee up front for uh, guaranteeing the loan and the VA funding fee. And, and then there's no monthly mortgage insurance. Wow. So um, it's awesome. And in certain circumstances, sometimes the, the, the veteran can be exempt from paying the VA funding fee Jeez. as well, if they meet certain criteria. So uh, anybody that's eligible for a VA loan, it's just a, a great, great tool. And then the, the refi parameters on it, um, you can do a streamlined quick refinance down the road. It's just, it's triple a plus product and program and qualifying i mean ratios you can do i was just talking to my underwriter the other day you can do unlimited debt to income ratios right. technically as long as you meet a residual requirement so residual meaning that after they do now they have a few extra layers of criteria but essentially once you kind of net out after you've paid taxes some maintenance on the house um and per person in the family as long as you have so many dollars of your income left over and you meet that um, and usually it's like 120, 125% of the residual requirement. But I, I had a million dollar VA loan with a 75% debt to income ratio. Oh, wow. <laughs> because the guy made enough money um, that he met the criteria for the number of people in his family with the residual requirement. And, and it runs through an automated engine to because the underwriter can't sign off on that manually. It has to approve through the automated system. And it did. And she, she was kind of cross-eyed about it. And I was looking at her, I was like, hey, it, it, it approves. And she's Jeez. like, yes, it approves. She's she's signing off on it. As a VA <laughs> the system right? said, yes, move wow. on, right? Yeah, it analyzes the risk and yeah. it understands it. As long as I did not good know that about the VA loan. That's yeah. really interesting. You can do a heavy, yeah. heavy duty uh, debt to income ratio. So. Well, this is another great reminder for a lot of our listeners out there why you, we always recommend you talk with a local experienced lender. Uh, don't just look at who's got the best rate or cheapest points. A lot of times that comes down to pennies or dollars a month in difference. You look for people with the local knowledge and the nuance. So, like, oh, here's why this proc, we can do this, we can do this, which 
a lot of times they'll get from the the big online guys. So yeah. another reason we like you, Troy. Appreciate that. Um, all right. So let's wrap this up here. Anyone got to do any, any making any moves lately? Jenny, you selling anything or buying anything? Jeff, when's House Act like twenty two coming up? Like, yeah. House Act. <laughs> <laughs> aren't you up there yet? <laughs> no, I'm looking uh, probably next three six months yeah. uh, for the next one. I got to finish my taxes. Uh, but you know, I'm full time now, so I have to. You How's know. that fourplex you're looking at in Westminster? I don't know. I gotta talk. To, I gotta make sure the seller is uh, motivated. You yeah. know, where he's talking. Actually, this is my fourth place. <laughs> I'm not motivated, but we'll uh, we can talk about that. No, it's a beautiful place, yes. and uh, definitely I like how big all the units. Like from the pictures you sent me, yeah. looks amazing. Can we so. can we like podcast uh, uh, the negotiations on that? Here's my price, Jeff. Um, <laughs> Best of three, oh, wrestling yeah. match, take down. You know? Well, my concern is there's no way to add like five extra bedrooms in each unit in there, Jeff. Is that going to fit your criteria? Well, as long as you can add <laughs> a bedroom per unit, possibly, because it is big enough. They're 1,100 square feet per unit. Yeah. It's, but the layout's kind of That would be tough with the yeah. layout. Yeah. Because, I, yeah. I mean, I'd have to go see it or, like, look at a 3D tour or something to see if it's possible. Uh, I think there's a vacant unit coming up. Let's, okay. uh, maybe we'll do a walk and grab some yeah. photos. It's, it's possible. Yeah. Anything's possible, but depends on the cost. Oh, yeah. We got something <laughs> like that. I like it. Uh, so I'm selling two of my condos coming up. I, in case you guys didn't get the emails last month about those moves, those are going through. Um, so I'll be giving you guys updates on a couple of condos I'm selling. Yeah, Chris Lopez special. Yeah, or they're the they're the Aurora condos, and uh, I mean we've you know the the three bedroom, two bathroom yeah. condos. That I mean, I feel like it's partly the rite of passage for many Denver investors to you know <laughs> buy, buy 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 a couple of those units, but they they've actually been great performers. Uh, and I've had a lot of people say, well, why are you selling them? Because, you know, I, I could raise rents about $200 a month, but I have to turn the tenant. But it's, I've really gotten focused on just like velocity of money. Like, yeah, they're cash flowing. Um, I've actually taken money out, distributed from the bank account. We've actually been like, you know, essentially distrib distributed profit to me, which is always nice to do for rental cash flow. But in a couple of years, I mean, my money has doubled and then some in terms of, well, just an appreciation. It's doubled in down payment and then some plus the cash flow on top of it. But like, uh, as Jenny was saying, hey, that appreciation party is over. It's over. I've got a really good pop on there. I'm going to sell it and move the equity elsewhere. And hopefully uh, in the next couple of years, you know, double the money in that. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I'm just really focused on I'm in growth mode right now. Uh, and while they're great performers, I've kind of gotten I've kind of gotten the the maximum return I'll get on there in like a short, shortest amount of time. Yeah. Chris, are you um, analyzing the difference between like what you want to do to to get it ready to list between um, an investor buyer versus a homeowner buyer? Are you kind of going between those two options or have you decided on on a path for that? Uh, I mean, in that uh, in that complex over there, so yeah, so two things is, hey, go investor buyer versus that. And actually, this is something I need to do next week or two is do an email blast. And if it makes sense to kind of do a quick, you know, off-market deal without the hassles of, of listing, I'm open for that and saves everyone a few bucks and some time. Um, but most units go over there, uh, they go to an owner occupant, um, a lot of times, and there's been a wide range of like, um, you know, staging and finishing. There's been some like, man, I'm like, wow, that was a full remodel. And I was way more than I would do for that type of, you know, price point. Um, and some people that have basically done nothing and the wiggle room and difference is about 10 to $12,000 in sales price. Mm -hmm. So I'm not seeing a big difference in terms of like fixed up value. I see, you know, just do the, you know, do normal stuff like, you know, make it, but like for a full fix and flip, 
not worth it in the numbers I'm seeing. Uh, and the vast majority of industry over there are going to owner occupants. So, hmm. yeah, so I think it'll end up being a, a, a light refresh with selling to owner occupant. Unless someone out there wants to, you know, go out there and, and do a easy off-market deal and save a few bucks. But yeah, a lot of the over there is now going to owner occupants. So I think that's where it'll go. And I mean, that's the, the general trend of like, you know, hey, if you're going to sell a property this year as a rental, the springtime is going to be a great time to sell. And most of it makes sense to sell to an owner occupant. So what I am hoping for, though, um, if you guys have seen the news, I think it was uh, one of the committees on the uh, on the House, you know, Congressional House. Uh, they passed the bill to like it had some chi- child tax credit. Uh, but the big thing in there that caught my eye was they might bring back 100% bonus depreciation and make it retroactive <laughs> to 2023. I am doing my depreciation rain dance out there because mm. that'd be uh, that'd be great. I'm selling two condos and I plan on doing basically a lazy 1031. So the more depreciation mm-hmm. I can get, the better. I would be very excited if that passes for kind of my penciled out plan for this year as well. Yeah. So everyone out there, keep your eyes on there. And this is something, you know, we, we've done a couple webinars and we're going to probably do more this year, but like really learn the game of depreciation, especially for the more advanced landlords. Like it's such a, an amazing way to help, you know, juice returns or offset taxes, uh, with existing portfolios or selling stuff, making moves like, dive into it, learn into it. If you want more details, I mean, Jenny and I have done a lot on there, but man, the difference it can make in returns and, and cash flow is just like, I mean, you know, it's a lot of money, um, <laughs> right? I mean, it's exciting. Extremely significant. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm not even being sarcastic about that. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, crew, Jenny, Newt, Troy, Jeff, it's been another great podcast. I appreciate you guys coming out. It's always uh, hurting some cats, getting everyone's schedules on here, but I appreciate you guys coming up, sharing stats, sharing deals, sharing what you're feeling on boots on the ground. And of course, anyone out there listening on here that wants to connect, connect with us to talk shop, let us know. We got Troy Howe, who's a great lender. We got Jeff here in Denver, who is uh, amazing at doing creative deals on house acts, Jenny down mm-hmm. south, nude up north. So if you guys just want to talk shop, explore opportunities, we love to sit down and have grab a cup of coffee or do uh, you know an investor review with you. Uh, our goal is to provide value, build a relationship, and hopefully earn the privilege to go out there and do a deal with you. So we'd love to uh, do a deal in some form or the other. So everyone, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Bye, everyone. We'll see, see you next month. Thank you.